this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the hindus in focus podcast with me k bharat kumar gdp data for india in the october december 2022 quarter has given out mixed signals of concern are a contraction in manufacturing despite a let up in input costs as well as the slowing growth in the high contact services sectors still the government seems confident of 7% growth in fy23 despite a revised growth rate data put out for fy22 at 9.1% which means we will have to grow 7% on a higher base what does the near future hold for india to share her perspectives with us we have today ms yuvika singhal economist at quant eco an economics research firm Ms. Singhal, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for creating the time to be with us here today. My pleasure. Yeah, India's uh, GDP data that uh, was released yesterday, it has some mixed signals as one would see from, you know, different pieces that we try and put together. So before we delve into the details, would you consider these signals as confusing because there is no significant trend if you look at a, if you're trying to get a pattern out of all these sectors be it um, gross fixed capital formation consumption spending data from manufacturing and services at a 30000 foot view as an economist what do you, what would your short take be on the gdp data for q3 right bharat so yes um, clearly there are mixed signals from this data print uh, for q3 uh, and i think we have to uh, when we are um, analyzing this data keep in mind that of late it's become extremely challenging for analysts and forecasters to look at any data because covid and the start stops in production that we saw during the early covid years and early covid quarters has lent a degree of not just um, uncertainty but also the gyrations in data have become much more stronger so just uh, to jog back memory while we saw a double digit growth in quarter 1 of this year which Uh, tempered to a 6.3 in Q2, the Q3 data has come at 4.4 percent on an annualized basis. So there is a fair degree of um, a divergence in, in even on the quarterly data prints that we see for FY23. Now, how best to analyze this data is to yes, one look at uh, the annualized numbers, which came in at 4.4 percent. But we also need to keep in mind that there is a considerable uh, waning of base impact or a favorable base uh, waning away. Uh, that has weighed on this number and more so uh, there were revisions to past data so nso when it released the q3 data it also released with it revised estimates not just for previous quarters of fy23 uh, but also fy20 21 and 22 all three years numbers saw a revision and with this what is essentially means that the base on which uh these numbers uh, or the forecasting for q3 was being done has also undergone a change and that makes uh, interpretation of this q3 number even more challenging also i think what we need to keep in mind that we also need to see uh, not just the annualized growth but also the momentum in the economy which is essentially nothing but uh, q on q growth for the quarter and despite the headline that is the annualized growth moderating from q2 to q3 momentum uh, as far as uh, the quarter is concerned q3 has been fairly strong and uh, that in some sense is in line with lead indicators that we saw coming in for q3 where many of them were actually at multi month high if you go back and 
uh, look at PMI data for manufacturing was actually at above a two-year high for the month of December. We also saw record collections of EVA GST bills in the month of December. And this was also the quarter where we saw a bunching of a pent-up and festive demand. And that momentum is somewhere reflective in the Q on Q number uh, for Q3, uh, which is actually also stronger than the typical Q3 pre-COVID average uh, that we would tend to see. So just to put this in perspective, the Q on Q number for Q3 FI23 translates into three and a half percent of momentum. Whereas if we go back and look at pre-COVID average momentum in quarter three, it is somewhere close to uh, 2, 2.1%. So clearly the buoyancy uh, in this number on a quarterly basis has been somewhat strong. And that is where uh, the difficulty and the mixed interpretation of this data uh, remains that why annualized number has seen a slowdown. It's the Q1Q momentum uh, which has continued to remain healthy. That's a very interesting insight. Uh, you know, when you mentioned Q and Q, in fact, uh, your points about um, a higher base that we need to compare ourselves with, uh, you know, probably preempted my second and third questions. But I'll probably uh, try and have you go into some granularity here. You know, as we speak, I see that the chief economic advisor is actually speaking to the media in, and at pains to explain that the economy is absolutely not slowing. But if we take manufacturing, for instance, even though you talk about the momentum and we have to, even with past uh, historical data for Q3, we still have to take this, I would imagine, and please correct me if I'm wrong, this data with a pinch of salt because the momentum, the buoyancy that you refer to is, as you mentioned, from a quarter that has um, you know, significant uh, festive uh, cheer compared to the rest of the year. So given that, and if I have to look at manufacturing, whatever be the base, whether revised or otherwise, if it is actually contracted, that is a cause for concern. And even though uh, GST collections, and you talked about, I think the index, uh, the PMI index for December being at a two-year high, IAP data for much of the financial year, FY23, starting from April 2022, it's been bumpy. And the mixed signals that we see in the quarterly GDP data have been reflecting, uh, have been uh, reflecting in the uh, IAP numbers as well. There's no consistent pattern. So which means recovery has been patchy. It also speaks of waning pent-up demand, right? I mean, would you agree uh, that that is the case here? What would your concerns be if I took manufacturing alone and looked at it as a sector? I think uh, as far as the manufacturing growth is concerned, what I rightly pointed out, uh, we have seen a number in negative for the second consecutive quarter, and that doesn't uh, enthuse a lot of confidence. But we also have to keep in mind that why this number has come in negative is largely because this sector has reeled under the pressure of uh, high input costs, which though have softened uh, given the global commodity prices uh, that have corrected, but nevertheless continue to impinge on the manufacturing sector. And on top of that, Q3 also saw the momentum uh, in exports slowing down, uh, which in large part was driven by manufacturing exports. So if you look at the... Um, anatomy of uh, exports, a large part of the slowdown that we have seen has largely come from manufacturing, whereas services exports continue to grow stronger. And whereas the primary exports, which is generally agri-based uh, exports, also continue to retain a much higher pace. But it's the manufacturing exports which started to see a slowdown in a much more material fashion in, in Q3. So it's the coincident impact of not just higher input costs, but also commodity prices that weighed on Q3 manufacturing. 
Now, if I go back and um, look at IIP numbers, yes, they have not induced a lot of confidence in in this fiscal year, not just Q3, but even in the months before. And I think somewhere we have to uh, reconcile the fact that manufacturing as a sector is still coming out of uh, the pandemic uh, while we have attained pre-pandemic levels, but we have materially lost growth or uh, we have seen a deadweight loss in the economy for uh, a period of at least two, two and a half years due to the COVID. And we know in large proportion, the impact of this was felt on the micro, small and medium enterprises, which are still getting back on their feet. And FY23 uh, has not been an easy year. Uh, we saw commodity prices uh, escalating at a very fast pace in the aftermath of the Ukraine-Russia crisis. There was a lot of uncertainty, which was imparted by what was happening uh, globally. And that has probably, while it has allowed growth recovery to shake shape, but it probably did keep a lid on the pace that we could have actually achieved had the Ukraine-Russia crisis not happened or had the global uncertainty uncertainty not uh, peaked to the extent that we saw. Uh, so the dichotomy between, uh, I think, at the sectoral level between manufacturing and services uh, is extremely uh, clear. And while the full year estimate of manufacturing is expected to be marginally in positive at 0.6%, what it essentially means is that in large part growth recovery in FY23, not just on quarterly basis, but for the full year as a whole, has been led uh, by the services sector disproportionately so. And this in part uh, is largely because uh, we saw consumption demand become you know, more holistic, not just concentrated on goods. But with the late reopening of services, there was a shift in demand decisively from goods to services. And we saw that in uh, the trade hospitality sector continuing to perform very well. We also see that in other lead indicators and anecdotal evidence of uh, people moving around, hospitality sector doing well. We see a boom in the tourism sector. So I think that dichotomy uh, between manufacturing and services is something that will continue to remain in flavor even in the quarters ahead. While there could be uh, somewhat better recovery in manufacturing, but uh, that dichotomy is not going uh, anywhere away in in quick hurry. So services will remain uh, the strong holder or the driver of GDP growth, whereas manufacturing will probably still take time to come out, not just of pandemic, but also the policy improvements or the policy pronouncements that we have seen largely in the shape of PLI are beginning to manifest to have an impact. And these are just generally long gestation policies, which take a couple of years before uh, they could actually materially have a positive impact on manufacturing. And I think it would still be a story probably for FI24 and beyond and for manufacturing to see a much stronger growth recovery vis-a-vis services. It's interesting you mentioned, uh, you know, I think you also pointed to hospitality. It's a high contact uh, services. And, you know, that was actually my next question. The slowdown in the services sector, when I say slowdown, obviously, you probably are referring to a healthy growth in itself. But obviously, because of the low base effect that the same uh, quarter in FY22 had, the advantage of a low base growth, you probably saw a higher growth. So would you refer to recovery in services continuing? I mean, there is even though there's a slowdown of growth in the high contact services sector, that would not concern you? Uh, So, well, yes, there is bound to be a slowdown and I do see uh, waning of pent-up demand as a theme gaining force as we enter the next fiscal year, undoubtedly. 
but I still feel that there is room for services recovery to continue. We still do see uh, buoyancy in demand for services. There is still room to uh, catch up as far as virtually no demand in services, especially the high contact services that we see, uh, we, that we uh, saw during the period of uh, the pandemic. And there is a vengeance demand that is still continuing to linger and benefit uh, the overall top la- uh, top GDP, headline GDP growth. And I think that is a story that could still continue to linger with some vigor, uh, not probably at the pace that we saw uh, probably in Q3. But nevertheless, it could have a slightly longer lifespan, uh, definitely going into the next few quarters. Okay, your optimism is actually beginning to be infectious, but I'll still try and play the uh, devil's advocate here. Uh, You know, one question I had was on overall consumption growth. I mean, both private and government uh, seems weak. In fact, government, uh, I think final consumption was a minus 0.8%. This combination of high inflation and waning pent-up demand, is that what is driving overall consumption? Because even IIP, it could be a lead indicator for final GDP figures, but that itself has a lead indicator in terms of consumption. Only if there is consumption or companies tend to see consumption, will they actually invest? Um, and even with the government's uh, stated intent on developing infra, you know, IAP numbers like you, you know, both of us mentioned uh, has been bumpy. So is it an indication of uh, anemic consumption and where do you see that going in the near future? So I think uh, my answer would, you know, somewhat differ for what we saw in Q3 and what we expect in terms of consumption going forward. So looking at uh, or focusing on Q3 per se, while we did see a slowdown, uh, and in fact, a substantial slowdown in the private final consumption expenditure from 8.8% in Q2 to around 2.1% in Q3. Uh, but in large part, this slowdown uh, can be explained by an adverse base. Now, if we look at the accompanying quarter on quarter number for private final consumption expenditure, it's actually, um, it stands at 7.3%. Uh, on month-on-month basis, which standalone does seem healthy. Also, it is only slightly lower, uh, Bharat, than the pre-COVID average that we saw uh, Q1Q momentum for uh, private final consumption expenditure in in Q3, which is around 8.3%. Now, why I say that it's only slightly lower and I want to see it in positive light is largely because if consumption has been able to grow almost in line with pre-pandemic Uh, levels in Q3 FY23, despite CPI inflation remaining elevated, despite RBI seeing 250 basis points of rate tightening, though uh, the transmission of it remains incomplete. And also because government's REVEX expenditure has been on a slower trajectory, if despite these three factors, if uh, private final consumption expenditure could see a fairly strong traction in uh, quarter-on-quarter momentum, uh, despite these three uh, strong headwinds, I would still see this consumption number in positive life and would want to attribute the slowdown in in the headline more because of a base impact playing out. Now, if I juxtapose this with the government's final consumption expenditure, like I said, uh, that negative number that we see on an annualized basis is largely because government's REVEX spending has really seen uh, a considerable slowdown. Uh, And when I say REVEX, this is uh, largely revenue expenditure minus subsidies, uh, minus interest payments, which is, so subsidies and interest payments are committed expenditure. So if we strip these out, REVEX expenditure was actually in contraction in Q2 and was fairly anemic at just about 2% in Q3. 
and this is just central government we know uh, also that state government spending uh, has been on a slower path so put together states and center together the government final consumption number is looking weak largely because the revex spending has not kept up pace and the flip side of this is that the capex side of the government spending has been fairly strong and that is what you actually see in the investment uh, number the gross fixed capital formation number which continues to display a fairly healthy traction of 8.3% in q3 vis-a-vis 9.7% in q2 and our conjecture is that a large part of this investment uh, growth yet again remains fueled from the government capex while we know that private capex uh, remains at abeyance we have seen uh, capacity utilization levels improve as per the rbi survey it has moved above pre pandemic levels and typically we would associate uh, a capacity utilization level above 72 uh, translating into uh, some form of private capex cycle however we believe that this time around the private capex cycle uh, has not come back with as much vigor largely because there still remains a lot of uncertainty not just in on the global front and with uh, uh, slowing exports but also as far as the domestic demand strength is concerned uh, there is uh, uncertainty uh, while we do expect rural consumption to shape better in fy24 than over the last one one and a half years of lackadaisical growth but we have to keep in mind uh, that we are also at the same time talking about uh, climate risks becoming more real. The kind of onset of summer we have seen in the month of February uh, with several climate global climate agencies calling for the possibility of El Nino developing in the latter summer months could mean that uh, we are probably looking at climate change and climate risks impacting our growth, agri-growth in a much more material way year after year. And that could put downside to not just agricultural headline GDP growth, but also rural demand. Whereas it's the urban side of the demand that we are a little more concerned about because there we feel that the slowdown could be much more tangible. And again, here we would want to differentiate between urban consumption of goods vis-a-vis -vis services. So like I said, while we believe that there is still uh, room for services momentum to continue, it's the good side of urban consumption which could uh, see some let up, largely because the impact of monetary tightening that we have seen is likely to translate in a much more uh, stronger fashion in FY24. And that is likely to have an impact on leveraged urban consumption. If we, in, in fact, if we look at data, we already find that within leveraged consumption, the unsecured component of personal loans, uh, the growth in that component has actually been coming off now. And that probably is a first indicator that, yes, rates are somewhere impinging on, on consumers. And probably the unsecured lending that which which saw a superlative growth in, in early uh, FI23 is getting noticed by banks and they would not want to continue at the same pace uh, given the rise in interest rates and the concerns that whether consumers will be able to uh, pay back the unsecured loans that they are taking. And this is the first uh, sign that we see that urban leverage consumption could probably uh, be hitting a somewhat a slower uh, lane in, in FI24. So some bit of upside in rural, but again, like I said, there are headwinds. And keeping this fact in mind that global demand is waning, domestic demand does have concerns uh, both on urban and rural. We still think that uh, the recovery in the private CAPEX cycle at best could remain uh, somewhat uneven and sluggish in FI24. 
not just because from demand but also because the borrowing costs have risen and it will take probably a bit longer for the future outlook to become more clearer for dust to settle on uh, what is happening globally in terms of not just geopolitics but are we uh, how hard will be the landing that we are looking are we looking at a soft landing are we looking at a no landing i think there is still a lot of uncertainty on that front as well so i think it would still take couple of more quarters for all these uncertainties to wane and a clearer picture to emerge on demand conditions which in turn would give private producers the visibility to be more gungo about capex now having said so i think this time around we are somewhat little more optimistic that whenever the decision of getting into the next capex cycle happens we will see a quicker turnaround or a quicker recovery in the capex cycle largely because uh, balance sheets of corporates have become much more healthier and so uh, so is true for also for the banks so whenever there is actually a much stronger pan economy recovery in in private capex cycle it should uh, take shape in a much more swifter fashion than we have seen in history so that is essentially um, our thought process as far as consumption and investment is concerned oh that's a lot of insight in detail so actually you answered my next question you know where uh, you know I wanted to check with you where you think the private capex cycle would sort of take off uh, if at all right so i think it's to put it um, yeah to sum it up i think it's still a few quarters away okay which means um, then the focus comes back to the our monetary policy right because if that is actually impinging on growth uh, but even then there is no sign of either global uh, the banking uh, the central banks nor uh, reserve bank of india itself in terms of uh, getting more dovish or saying you know we will start becoming more accommodative so that is a signal that we don't see is it because even inflation data has been bumpy we had a couple of months of uh, benign inflation which i think in 1.25.88% in november but we are back above the comfort zone of uh, 6% above 6% for the rbi so you think that would still continue to remain a concern right i mean uh, there is no reason for central banks to make a u turn and say let's start lowering rates in any time in the near future yeah absolutely bharat because growth if you look at uh, this uh, number for q3 at 4.4 it is just in line with rbi's estimate for q3 and i think there is no surprise as far as growth is concerned for rbi but definitely inflation january data was uh, a shocker for for all of us given that it came in much above um, our own expectations and even the market consensus and i think that inflation number has probably you know garnered or will garner more attention vis-a-vis growth and i think that is also visible somewhere in the mpc minutes that were released uh, not too long ago while there does remain a dichotomy between views of some of the mpc members but we believe that the mpc hawks will definitely outweigh the doves as far as the upcoming policy in april is concerned and we are looking at a 25 basis points hike in the month of april that is um now thereafter i think uh, RBI would want to become a little bit more conditional on data though i think that they would remain largely non-committal and probably not imprint the expectations of any premature pause you know in the psyche of the market market participants uh, largely because there does remain um, fairly hawkish undertones coming in from fed as well and looking at their cpi inflation data markets which were pricing in a rate cut by the or rate cuts by the end of this calendar year have clearly shifted rate cuts uh, to into a timeline for 2024 
and for Fed, uh, somewhere the base case is looking for a 25 basis points hike, not just in month of March, but probably continuing in months of May and July as well. So if if that is the kind of Fed rate trajectory that we are looking at, I think RBI would at best post-April want to sound data dependent and look at how not just domestic data is evolving both on growth and inflation with past impact of policy rate hikes probably having a greater bite on growth and where do we see inflation and some of the risks on inflation especially with respect to climate whether panning out and also um, how the fed policy shapes up so i think it after april they would probably want to be more conditional on data and evolving global conditions so if we do not rule out uh, rate hikes continuing in although a lesser we would attach a lesser probability to it but uh, we definitely do not rule out the rate tightening cycle continuing beyond april okay that brings us to the final point in this discussion you know the outlook uh, how how the f- uh, upcoming quarters and fy24 look to you i think the the government itself seems confident despite having a higher base uh, in in the form of you know 9.1% growth that we seem to have had in fy22 uh, the government is confident that we would still grow at 7% in fy23 and i think moody's uh, even though they their estimate for fy23 for india has come down a couple of notches they have raised the outlook for uh, FY24 to 5.5%. So if you have to look at FY24, uh, despite the uncertainty that you mentioned for two quarters, would you be willing to put a number on that in terms of growth? Right. So I think for uh, for FY23, let me just sum up our view. We are a bit lower than NSO and RBI's estimate of 7%. We are uh, sticking to our projection of 68 which would essentially mean that for Q4, the economy, the imputed growth uh, for the economy would be somewhere close to around 4.4, 4.5%, which would be very similar to Q3 number. And we also, for by the same logic, we think that there could be downside to NSO's estimate, largely because uh, their imputed number for Q4 comes up somewhere close to around uh, a little over 5%. And that is on the back of fairly strong uh, Q4, Q1, Q momentum, which we believe could uh, surprise them on the downside, largely because Q4 is unlikely to see uh, momentum to the same tune as Q3 because we have see, we are seeing waning of pent-up demand and there will be no support from the festive demand to the same extent in Q3. Also because some impact, like I spoke earlier, of the 250 basis points of rate tightening probably now uh, getting more materially seen on urban goods side of inflation, uh, goods side of consumption. Uh, in addition to this, we have seen an early onset of summer that could have an adverse impact on wheat production akin to what we saw last year and the slowdown in exports that is likely to continue in Q4. So because of a variety of pressures, we could see the Q1, Q momentum surprise the NSO's estimate on the downside. And we think that a 6.8 looks more realistic to us for the full uh, fiscal year 23 uh, than a 7%. Uh, moving on to FI24, we expect growth to moderate to 6%. Uh, so we are probably more optimistic than Moody's, but definitely on the lower side of um, RBI. And I think uh, in large part, uh, there are two factors which explains the slowdown in growth that we are seeing between FI23 and FI24 to the tune of almost 80 basis points. In large part, we believe that nearly uh, 50 basis points of this slowdown uh, can be explained by the slowdown in 
global demand and in turn our exports growth that we are likely to see so remember it's not just volume uh, slowdown that we'll see in exports but also from a value or a price effect side given the correction in uh, commodity prices exports are likely to face the double whammy of both volume and price effect playing out uh, in fi24 so there will be a downside to gdp growth coming from the external side and on top of that a small part of the slowdown we attribute to the slowing of the urban consumption within which like i said the urban leveraged goods consumption which will feel the pinch of the rate tightening cycle that we have seen over the course of the last one year so put together these two factors and we will also watch out for risks related to climate whether el nino uh, does develop and what could be the impact on the monsoon and uh, in turn agri and inflation and these are risks that we'll be closely monitoring but for now i think a 6% growth is something that we are working with for f on f for fi24 largely because of the two factors that i outlined uh, some slowdown in urban consumption and exports uh having said so i think uh, comfort to growth or support to growth would come from two factors some bit of recovery in rural demand the first uh, indicator of uh, rural demand recovering can be seen in much stronger production as well as sales of tractors over the course of last 6 months and when we talk about rural uh, consumption and uh, some recovery taking shape our conjecture is largely based on Uh, the improvement that we have seen in cash flows post the kharif harvest the rabi sowing has done fairly well though we need to understand if there will be any impact on output from the exceptionally warmer february that we have seen and in to- on top of that we do see that governments support to the rural side of the economy uh, which did see a very strong growth in the pandemic years continues to remain in place though we have not seen in the budget fy24 uh, a very strong growth in total outlays to the rural side of the economy but nevertheless it continues to benefit from the growth or the higher base uh, that the government had created in in the pandemic years and that should continue to support a recovery in rural demand taking shape and not to forget the other pillar of support to growth comes from the government capex and yet again in fy24 we do see government making a strong commitment towards capex with a 10 trillion target a 3. which translates into a 3.3 percentage of uh, gdp which is at a two decadal high and somewhere that also uh, should continue to support the investment side of the gdp as as we call it so overall i think there are in in any case the the factors that would lead to a slowdown would definitely to a large extent outweigh the support coming from rural demand and government's capex cycle and overall we are likely to see a moderation in fy24 gdp growth excellent there is a lot of detail and insight in our conversation thank you so much i really appreciate uh, your being with us and for your perspectives appreciate it my pleasure parath In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.